today, Joe Biden taunts American citizens over gun rights and a look into the World Economic Forum's meeting in Davos may give us a preview of what the elites have in store for us. We've got all of that and more coming up and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and I am joined today by Jakub Uyans, Blaze TV contributor and host of The Bottom Line. Thank you. Uh, also former NFL kicker, which means we were just off air. <laughs> yeah. Literally right before we came on talking about <laughs> last night's game. Uh, big win for the Dallas Cowboys, but we were like, what the heck was going on with that kicker? Please tell us. So, yeah. Expert analysis on all things, Jakub Uyans. Uh Also joined today by Chief Researcher of the Glenn Beck Program and Blaze TV as a whole, Jason Buttrell. Um, and, uh, you know, he said he's wearing his finest sweatshirt for me. So. The most expensive, only for you guys. <clears throat> I like, like. What, What'd you pay for that, like 10 bucks? Thrift store, probably, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> uh, I'm glad both of you guys are here. So yesterday, uh, Joe Biden, this is not the first time he's he's made this comment, right? So he's talking about uh, challenging the government. If, if you as an American citizen were going to challenge the government, you'd need a whole lot more than AR-15s, all right? You'd need, you'd need some F-15s over there. You're going to need way more manpower if you dare threaten the United States government. Here is some of that clip. Watch. You aren't wearing Kevlar vests out there. What the hell you need a assault? No, I'm serious. And ban the number of bullets and go in a magazine. There's no, no need for any of that. I love my right-wing friends who talk about the tree of liberty is water of the blood of patriots. Give me a, if you need to work about taking on the federal government, you need some F-15s. You don't need an AR-15. I'm serious. Think about it. Think about the rationale for this. It's about money. So, I think I've mentioned this before on this program before. You know, his tell when he knows that he's full of crap is to say, no, I'm serious. I'm not yeah. joking. I'm yeah. not joking. Yeah. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. Not a joke. It's like, no one was laughing. Nothing you said was funny. Why do you keep saying not a joke? Oh, that's because it's your guilty conscience going, oh, gosh, I have to fill something with this because I sound really bad. So I'm just going to say not a joke. I can't make sense of it other than that. But it's very curious because while they're constantly saying, um, you know, they're, they're trying to, I would say, minimize the AR-15. They're also like, we also don't want you to have one. And it's, which is it? Because if you're minimizing it and you're saying it's not a threat, then what's wrong with me having 10 million of them if I want to? But I just love that he's highlighting, uh, his attitude, I would say, is highlighting so well why the Second Amendment is so important. And I, you know, it's like, you're correct, Joe, when you at least reference the American citizens standing up against a tyrannical government when we talk about the Second Amendment, because so often you hear him talk about, well, you don't need an AR-15 for hunting. Nobody said anything about hunting. That's not what the intended purpose was for. So I don't know why we're having the hunting conversation. Great. Let's have that conversation about the government and gov government tyranny and the fact that that is why the Second Amendment is so important and was implemented by our founding fathers. And by the way, he got that quote just a little bit incorrect. What did he say? Uh, that the tree of liberty is watered by the patriots or whatever he said, is watered with the blood of patriots. Uh, it's actually the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. So 
little different. It wasn't watered, but okay. We'll get. We'll get. You're old. You're senile. You're. I. I got it. You got the dementia. We'll. We'll give you a pass on this one, Joe. Would we really expect Joe Biden to know American history? No. I mean, honestly, though. I mean. Well, I mean, he lived through it. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> Yeah, he is. He's like, back when I was talking to James Madison, <laughs> yeah, he exactly. told me. Rip Van Winkle over there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but listen, it, but it's interesting, though, they see it that way because they always see it as a threat on them. Like, oh, you, you want an AR-15 because you want to overthrow the government. You need F-15s. I, I think you're confused a little bit. We have over 400 million legally registered guns in this country. If we wanted to take you, we'd take you. Not like Putin taking Ukraine. We take you in a couple of days. And good luck getting your soldiers that you think belong to you in the military, who you forced to take vaccines to stand with you, Uncle Rip Van Winkle. They're not <laughs> going to stand with you. Now, the American people, it's about us defending ourselves when you won't and you won't. Mm. Our borders wide open. People are coming in. Go talk to people in the southern border and ask them to give up their weapons right now. Mm -hmm. The farmers and the ranchers. They say, oh, heck no. You know, actually, I just, because of this segment, I'm going to go get another AR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just feel like it. Yeah. A camo one. Well, and then you're going <laughs> to... That's cool. Oopsies, immediately lose it in a boating accident. No, but, it, no, really but it's going to fall off that. the back of the truck into the lake while I'm driving. Oh, home. no. Gosh, no, that's a bummer. Can't find it. Well, you know, it, um, it reminds me of not that long ago when he said, he made the comment about like, well, you know... Uh, Americans way back then didn't they didn't have they didn't have cannons they couldn't own you couldn't own cannons it's like yeah, yeah you, you could. could and they did you can own a tank today so my yeah. whole thing is like wait are you saying that we should own f-15s if we want to because I'm totally in yeah me too should be able to yeah we the point is to have equal firepower as the government does so we should be able to it sounds a whole lot like joe biden is arguing for f-15s to be allowed under the second amendment yeah well i mean and it's funny he uses that quote because in his mind and other progressives uh basically the entire democratic party and some republicans now uh, they don't see it would ever see a need for patriots to stand up against mm -hmm. the government to shed their own blood because for them whatever they say is golden whatever yeah, the government correct. mandates is perfectly fine it doesn't matter how tyrannical it is on your right so they, since because they're you know in the holiest of holies in washington dc because they're in the government whatever they say goes um and he's absolutely I mean, you should see this as a threat when he's talking yes. when he's yes. up there bragging and mm -hmm. like beating his chest like oh we got f-15s yeah that's why we're trying to hold on to what little we still have yes. which by the way any there is a scary threat right now from this administration, and they're taking little increment steps. Yeah. Like, let's say, for instance, and you might have spoken about this earlier on another of your shows, but that um, that ban on uh, pistol brace, uh, braces for pistols. Mm -hmm. did, you, did you guys talk about that? Uh, I think I think we did. This scares the crap out of me. Yeah. For one, I mean, it's 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 so ridiculous to people that have disabilities and literally cannot hold up a pistol and need that brace. I think that's one of the main arguments that you know gun owners have made on this. That's kind of the point of those braces. You're completely just saying, hey, you guys aren't allowed to protect yourselves. Oh, don't worry, we'll protect you, you know, we'll step in and protect you anyway. I think I'll protect myself. That's the entire point of the Second Amendment. Right. Um, but beyond that, I mean, it shouldn't be, there should be no infringement on our weapons Period. Mm -hmm. But they're, they're doing these little things. Like how many millions of people? I ain't going to say that I have any of those. No. But are we all, or, I'm sorry, are they all felons now? 
today because of that ruling? Are all those people that own those weapons now felons? And they haven't even said what to do if you have those. Do you go to the ATF, whatever? Or is this just going to be used against them at a later date whenever they want to crack down? Now, my my question now is they want to push through an assault weapons ban. You're seeing some of those cases go through. And where was that? Illinois, I think, Mm -hmm. that happened. A few other places they're trying to do it. So states, okay, whatever. If you live in those progressive hellholes, that's your own fault. Get out. Get out. Yeah. They can do that in those state. Well, no, they can't actually yeah. because it's constitutional just, right. Um, but they're just doing it anyway. They're doing it anyway, Correct. and it should go all the way to the Supreme Court, and right. those things should get shot down. Yeah. Um, well, it but, did recently in New York, but that yes. didn't stop them didn't from implementing a new law. Exactly. Yeah. So ridiculous. Because they know it will take years. Most of what they do is unconstitutional yeah. anyway. But, but they're not going to stop there. Right. So they've clearly found an end around the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, we'll just make little bans on these different things. Next, it'll be something something else minor as a part of another weapon. That thing will get banned. Uh, and they'll just go right down the line. But before you know it, you're only going to be able to own like a six shooter and like a shotgun mm-hmm. or something like that. And, and they're going to get into the technicality of the weapon too, into the firing pins, into the you know the the, the amount of gunpowder, what you can load, what grain. I mean, they'll go down. They'll just chip away at it at the iceberg, yeah. right? And and that's what they'll do. But imagine this: it's only for the Second Amendment that we don't look like China right now, mm-hmm. where they can't bubble wrap you. It's only because they know we're armed. Yeah. It's only for the Second Amendment that we're not Canada right now, where yeah. they've just you know abolished all weapons and come into your home and taking things. So you, we better hold on. I'm, you load up. With, with load the, up. With the government today, and especially the Democrats, Biden administration, but the direction they're going, it's never, don't just look at, even though it may be bad, on, oh, this is what they're doing now. Can you, can you see how bad that is? It's not what they're doing right now. It's where they're going. Yes. This is going to a very tyrannical place a place where the Constitution means absolutely nothing. It'll be there, but it'll basically be a dead letter because they found ways around it to strip away all your rights. It's where they're going. Are you, do you mean to tell me that a president who delivers uh, a speech that the background looks like he's coming straight from the depths of hell, screaming <laughs> about extreme right. MAGA Republicans, demonizing half the country, do you mean to tell me you don't have that much faith in him to uh, uphold his duty to uh, uphold the Constitution and make sure that, uh, you know, no one is demonized or no one is attacked or, I don't know, half the country might have their rights stripped from... You mean to tell me you don't trust a guy that's constantly demonizing these, as he says, what did he say? My right-wing friends. It's like, your right-wing friends are the only people who care about the Constitution? Like... Okay. Also, you don't have right-wing friends. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 Which I, ones? I don't yeah. trust the ones that are threatening, uh, and I don't trust the ones that are supposedly all chummy with them. I don't trust any of them. Right. Right. Um, okay. So, <clears throat> so speaking of not trusting, um, I want to touch on the Hunter Biden laptop when we're talking about the, the corruption of the entire Biden family. Uh, one, at least one of the 51 intelligence veterans who signed. You guys remember when all of these intelligence veterans signed that letter mm-hmm. uh, suggesting that that Biden laptop story could be Russian disinformation. And, you know, we got to be really careful because it Putin is bad. That's all we heard from them. Um, oh, well, he's now admitting that he basically knew that uh, it, it had to be real, or at least some parts of it had to be real before he signed that letter. Watch. Why would he send lawyers who don't have a security clearance to search for classified material? I, I'm not sure, uh, I, I, and we don't know the circumstances of that. Um, but certainly the documents leave uh, the vice president's office and have to be stored somewhere. Um, <laughs> that wasn't quite 
yeah. Like the toy box. The yeah. kid's got a toy box. It's got a lid. You can store them there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I, and I'm not sure that that was the, um, yeah, that was, okay, that was not the right clip. But that's okay. We'll talk about that anyway. Um, but you've got these veterans who are signing these letters knowing that this is not disinformation or at least as a whole, it has to be credible. It has to be true. And they're signing the letter anyway. And you have a certain subset of the population who would still disagree with the idea that we have a deep state. Yeah. What is it? Is yeah. it is it is it the is it the verbiage that I'm using? Is it the the term deep state that's been used by Alex Jones too much that people hear the the term and they just turn off and say that you're crazy because it's like these people know what they're doing and they're doing it intentionally to create a narrative to get a certain outcome. They're completely controlling the in, the inner workings of all of these departments. Yeah, and they do, know it. Yeah, and they're doing so for that reason, but they're also doing so under coercion. They're also being coerced to do so, and, and there's so much manipulation. Your question is, I think, the real question to ask in 2023 in America. Why is it so hard for Americans to see truth and let it stand as truth? Mm-hmm. Why can you put absolute blatant truth? This is, in fact, a mug. In fact, this is a mug. And they'll go, nope, I'm not seeing it that way. Right. That's not. <laughs> right. That's a leprechaun. Right. No, but it's not. Right. And, and it baffles me. And it's not. And it's permeated society. It's not just in the government. Yeah. It's l- look at what's happening now all of a sudden with the so-called sudden deaths. Mm-hmm. And people just, nope, nope, it's not what you think. But I don't have to think. I'm touching it and I'm seeing it. Right. right. And so they're watching them sign the letter. They're watching there is a deep state, 100%. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is because Alex Jones and some of those guys, and I don't want to blame Alex. Oh, and I'm not saying Alex was no, wrong. No, I'm not saying he was wrong, but they've said it so much that maybe people are desensitized yeah. to it or they've villainized the word. Yeah. Deep state. And if you say deep state or, or fake government or shadow government or, or you know, you know, Obama is still in control of the White House, or Rice has control. All that is just tinfoil hat stuff, right? Well, it's, it's the same saying the words conspiracy theory. Um, yes. you know, a word that was actually designed to make you stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point, if you call, label somebody a conspiracy theorist, then instantly they're, they're right. a whack job. Right. Even if what they're talking about is very, very suspicious, there's some facts you should look into it, but they won't you know, uh, allow you to basically, you're canceled at that point. I wish I would have heard that clip because <clears throat> what that sounds, and I was a member of the Tales community way back when I was younger and lighter, um, <laughs> but uh, what he's talking about, what it sounds like to me is something that's actually real. But what's funny is they're kind of tipping off when this group got together, I can imagine their conversations on how they were gonna try and discredit the laptop. Um, mm-hmm. So what they're talking about is is true. Um, st- state actors like Russia, and especially they got this from the KGB, that's how they would push misinformation out. So they would take uh, a large batch of true information, and they would <clears throat> and uh, people would read off the true information and go, oh my gosh, this is credible. But then they would slip in little things that was misinformation, not true, and the things they want. That's that was the propaganda to that discredit. They to mm-hmm. discredit, yeah. But, to question, but, to, to, to create mm-hmm. doubt. Yeah, 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 yeah. To, to to create that doubt in people, but it was hidden within the true information. Oh. Right. But you cannot just look at something or hear about something and immediately label it that. How you come to that conclusion when when analysts look at it, they go, okay, let's verify the entire thing. These intelligence officers obviously did not do that. They look through all the stuff, then they try and pick out the untrue things. Well, to this date, nothing untrue has been found, as far as I know of, from the laptop from hell. Nothing has been found that's not true. So they didn't do that analysis. What they did was they pulled an intelligence trick that is a real Mm -hmm. trick to 
discredited it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's just interesting to me because... Preemptively before the thinking. release even came. Yeah, so yeah. they knew. They had and all remember, the information. October of 2020. Yes. Right before the election in yeah. November, conveniently. Yeah. Uh, all right, we've got, uh, we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Patriot Mobile. So uh, Patriot Mobile, thanks to you guys, have emerged really as leaders in the parallel economy. And they have really, really big news. If you guys haven't heard, they offer service with all three major networks now. So if you are with the big three uh, over it with your mobile phone and you like their service, but you don't like that they take a portion of your bill and send it to left-leaning causes, you got to go to Patriot Mobile. They also offer performance guarantees, so you can switch between the three major carriers for free if you're not happy with your coverage, but you will be. They are, by the way, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They have nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks, so you're going to get the same great service while supporting a company that is fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. you got to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. The switch is very easy. You can go to patriotmobile.com news, or you can call them at uh, 878-PATRIOT. I'm not sure what the, the area code is on that. You can get free activation today with the offer code NEWS. That is patriotmobile.com dot com slash news. The answer to my question about what area code that was is Pennsylvania. I've never seen that area code before. And <laughs> Maybe really... they have a call center in PA. I mean, after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But I was like, I haven't eight, seen seven, it eight. I've never seen that before. You learn something new every day even when you host a news program. Um, <laughs> so the World Economic Forum annual conference taking place in Davos right now, and it's just been fascinating to see the people who were invited to be on the inside. I know I saw Rebel News who came out with this clip. Uh, Avi Yamini, who's just a a really great reporter, is trying to uh, talk to, I believe it was MSNBC, um, what, but a a mainstream media reporter who is, of course, invited and on the inside, and he's like, why are you in there? That seems like a conflict of interest. Why aren't you out here trying to report on it? Why are you in there as one of their attendees, as one of their guests? It's been fascinating to see who some of these guests are. Uh, Brian Kemp of Georgia, uh, Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, Chris Coons, um, all those senators were there, uh, a, a few members of the House of Representatives. So very fascinating to see who is making the trip to the World Economic Forum this year. Um, Klaus Schwab, Klaus Schwab, that's very hard to say. Uh, he opened the, the meeting with uh, some words, watch. We couldn't meet at a more challenging time. We are confronted with so many crises simultaneously. What does it need to master the future? I think to have a platform where all stakeholders of global society are engaged. Governments, business, civil societies, the young generation, and I could go on, I think is a first step to meet all the challenges. He also went on to uh, say, we are confronted with unprecedented and multiple challenges. First, our global economy is undergoing deep transformation, the energy transition, the consequences of COVID, the reshaping of supply chains are all serving as catalytic forces for the economic transformation. 
They're saying all of the quiet parts out loud. And haven't they been doing that this entire time? You have the energy secretary talking about, you know, well, basically never let a crisis go to waste. I mean, all this stuff is really helping us with our transformation to green energy. Um, they are telling you what they are doing and why they're telling you that these things are on purpose so that they can reshape this global economy. And I know you get dinged on YouTube if you say this big phrase about the awesome redo that they want, but- They're not even saying it anymore. Are yeah. they not? Did that, they drop that? Well, <clears throat> not so officially, like, but they have it on their website. Yeah. You, all of the things that we say yeah. that they want to do, they literally have at the World Economic Forum website. You can go and read it. And we constantly get dinged for saying what they are. We're just repeating what they're saying. Um, this year, they said they, they put out a press release that said uh, that they were focusing on public-private partnerships yes. at this meeting. Yes. So. That's always the big thing. Yep. The amazing thing on this about about this is that he's talking about, I think that the he also used the word polycrisis. He keeps hitting that hard. Like there's so many different crises we're like confronted, you know, at the same time. They're hitting us all at once. And uh, he's like, yeah, how we master our future. That's like an incredibly creepy, uh, you know, phrase. But what they're talking about, all the different crises, is the crises that they created. Yes. Mm -hmm. the, the, response, exactly. the response to COVID, the heavy-handed response to COVID, that was something that they pushed. ESG, mm -hmm. uh, that is completely upending energy, food, all the different things that they're talking about. They're part of the, the, the problem. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that's by design. How do you uh, force public-private yes. partnerships? How do you force governments and these big corporations that they all have stakes in, how do you force them to come together and then be masters of society? Well, then you continue to push crisis. It's going to continue to get worse. Pain is going to feel worse. Then they're going to be, have the solution. Eventually, you, they're going to get to that point. It, it's absolutely disgusting. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, the, there's, there's actually people on our side, supposedly on our side right now, and I read stuff on Twitter and other places, hear them on news, when they're still like, oh, this is no big deal. Like, they have no power. Like, this... Hmm. This specific meeting set records for the amount of heads of state, heads of uh, business, yeah. UN, all, all these places. They set records for their attendance. So they're getting their cues directly from Davos yeah, exactly. and people like Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab even bragged about, quote, infiltrating the cabinets yeah. of different uh, administrations all over the world. He specifically mentions the Trudeau administration and how many of his people were in that administration pushing the agenda along. They absolutely have power. Everything you're seeing right now came from Davos. That, Every single thing. That's why some, some of our Congress members are there because they need to hear it from the head of the snake. He's talking about the new world order. He's talking about the new world platform, one platform where we all come together, where you dump all your data, right? He's talking exactly about what China did with the PPPs, the public-private partnerships, Sarah, like Cento Steel, the largest steel company in the world, which is a quote-unquote privately held company in China, but the whole board is the CCP. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They control the CEO. That's Why? The model. That's because the model. it's a public-private partnership. No, you're a private company. Mm -hmm. We're just taking your board over, and we will hire your CEO, and he'll get invited to Davos, and he'll dance like a puppet dance. Which is called what? <laughs> what form of government? Exactly. It's fascism. fascism. It's fascism. A hundred percent. But now you co-opt them all, you get the think tank together, and then we disperse, and now you dance, Papa, dance mm -hmm. according to the book. And this is why you must defy this. You must break protocol, break monopoly. It is in, we, we, it's a new industrial revolution that has to take place here, uh, specifically in tech. 
Well, we better fraction up. Small is the new big. You don't want these giant conglomerates. And oh, the monetary system also, by the way, one monetary system. So no, this is that's the head of the snake. And Schwab is Doctor Evil. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's he's such a like everything about him is like he's a supervillain, but just in real life. Right. Not in a movie. Oh, no, completely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crisis is how they have always pushed this from day one. Um, yeah. They've got to manufacture a crisis or take something that's minor, like COVID, and then make it this ridiculously crazy pandemic that everyone's instantly going to die from. Mm -hmm. But then they seize it and they take control. They did this in the UK right after World War II. Mm -hmm. The Fabian socialists moved in. They were like, oh, now let's take They started nationalizing. They took over a lot of stuff, stuff that Margaret Thatcher um, uh, rolled back later when she got into power. But um, nationalizing power, energy, uh, and they, to energy, they industry. have to villainize solutions. Like they're villainizing coal throughout Africa. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to villainize natural gas. Mm -hmm. yeah. So anything that's a solution that 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 you could actually use to be independent, you watch. They're going to start villainizing it. Yeah, and and, and yeah. Back to um, they're not even really using the words "great reset" that much anymore. They're again trying to rebrand it, but it's mm -hmm. it's, the, it's a different name of something. That, the things they've been trying to do since the beginning. Um, uh, New World Order. They don't say that again right. because obviously they're going to get laughed at and you know and then canceled uh, if they they stop saying Agenda Twenty One. Same thing. Mm -hmm. This was the Great Reset before the Great Reset. So they just rebranded it to Agenda Twenty Thirty or right. something Twenty. I think it was Agenda Twenty Thirty or whatever. Mm -hmm. After that, uh, it's always going to be something else. Mm -hmm. It's always, but the end result is the same thing: mm -hmm. a public-private partnership, private companies with the government, where the government is really telling the company what to do, mm -hmm. and the people that have already made it, the people at the top, people like Klaus Schwab, other people like I don't know, like no, Bill Gates, the table. people like that. Well, Gates right. and Schwab are the two. To real-life villains, yeah. I mean. Yeah. And Soros, of course. Yeah, of course. You they, can't forget Soros Jr. <laughs> they've made their money, right? They, they're already the elite. When we talk about the elite, that's what we're talking about. People like that are people in the government. All the rest of us are subservient. We're serfs. Well, to the see, they're the ones that get to sit with the top 300 families around the world. The, you know, the Rockefellers, the Murdochs, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so, no, they, they have a seat at the table, and the rest are all the, the peasants. Outside the gates of the castle, go work and give us 90% of everything you make. It's, really, it's, it's serfdom. It's, it's a t return to serfdom on a much larger scale. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I thought this was funny. Elon Musk uh, responded to Klaus Schwab's clip online, of course, on his own platform on Twitter. He said, Master of the Future doesn't sound ominous at all. How is the WEF in Davos even a thing? Are they trying to be the boss of the earth? Like, <laughs> Yes, yes, that's actually, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I think that that was meant tongue in cheek, uh, but yes, no, they do actually want to be the boss of the earth and they want you to own nothing and be happy about it and also eat bugs. And I gotta tell you, I'm not eating bugs. <laughs> I'm not, okay? Note how Elon gonna, wasn't I, invited. Well, yeah, he was. Did he, but he didn't go. And he didn't go. Oh, he was invited. I, that's, what, that's what I read, that they he, tried was, to, he was they invited. They tried to win him over and mm -hmm, he's like, mm -hmm. go eat cake. Uh, yeah, and I think he, he I think he tweeted out that he it was going to be too boring. Oh, he said boring AF, which yeah, you we probably can't say. know what that means, but I'm not going to say. It. You won't oh, eat, I say it at other times. You won't eat but. bugs. You won't eat Taco Bell. You might as well eat bugs, Sarah. I am not eating bugs. Absolutely <laughs> not. No, you can't make me. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. A little locust and honey. Absolutely not. I will. Mm -mm. school near Portland, Oregon, allowed students to skip class to watch a TV show about a transgender child. This is 
Quality Middle School, and uh, this is a the series is called First Day. It's a TV series about a 12-year-old boy who identifies as a girl, and you may be wondering why did this like how did this tie into the curriculum? What what brought this about? Well, it was during the middle school's Transgender Awareness Week which was held, this is, news is just now surfing, surfacing, this was held um, back in November. So students skipped their last two periods that Friday to watch the show's first two episodes. And I know they, they left them hanging because it was just the first two episodes. Don't worry, the school will eventually play the entire series, uh, they said in one of their PowerPoint presentations shown to students. And Transgender Awareness Week for this particular school involves educating the public and standing up for and with trans people at Tuality. Um, so I do want to at least, I don't, I'm going to give you the full There's news. There's so many jokes but, running through my head right now. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm, like, I'm trying so, to keep it together. So you do have to get a permission slip signed. Okay. So there is consent to a degree. Well, it, it's unclear because on this, it Who says the permission it? slip has to be signed by the teacher. What? Not the parent? That's what it says. The teacher. Get a permission slip, have it signed by your sixth and seventh grade teacher, sign it yourself to show you agree to community oh, so no agreement parent. for the watch party, okay. turn it into Mrs. Jones in the library by your lunch Thursday. Yes, so wow. that you have to sign a permission slip, but don't worry, your teacher's the one who signs off on it. What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly, and yeah, oh, I, I, there's so much I, I can't even, dude, of course there's pizza on this thing. <laughs> pizza? Of course there's pizza on this poster. I was I like, mean, you get to skip a couple okay. of periods to watch a show about a boy that will never have a period. Yeah. <laughs> but um, boom. <laughs> boom, boom. Um, uh. Just the fact that they're being like so careful with, you gotta get, you know, first get the permission slip. Then get it signed by this person. Then get it signed by this person. They know that what they're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. They know that what they're doing is could potentially land them in some serious, serious trouble. Yeah. Uh, but they're doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. This is madness. This is straight indoctrination going on at these. Why have a, a trans awareness week? Like, are they just making up these weeks now? Like, next oh, week? Also, like... Oh, I, do people not realize that trans people like is a thing? Because I thought that you guys were cramming it down our throats every chance you got. Is it, you really need more cycle. awareness, right? Yeah, that's exactly. all. That's all you guys can freaking focus on. Yeah. I don't think we need awareness. No, I think no. we're there. We no. need a bald awareness week because <laughs> I seriously go through some struggles that do you, you guys just don't know. You're oppressed. Yeah. Pick up a permission slip in the CEO's office and get it signed by seven different people, not your parents, not your spouses. <laughs> and then have that returned. Well, then, it's uh, just that Jason identifies as a man with a thick head of hair. <laughs> so. At the bottom left of that, of that screen, it says neutral language, right? You must change language to change culture. Co-opting the child, training the child how to give consent is what this is about. You sign the consent slip because we're gonna teach you how to give consent to sex at sixth and seventh grade. Mm -hmm. It is grooming to the umph degree. Well, which, to your point, it does, the, the general neutral phrases, yes, but I also zeroed in on that age doesn't matter. Yeah. Because yep. you know where that it's immediately leads. Of course, it's, it's all programming. Yeah. Right, because yeah. they keep skirting this line yeah. of, you yeah. know, uh, age doesn't matter for this. Oh, by the way, we're going to start calling pedophiles minor attracted persons mm -hmm. now because we feel sorry for them and we want to use, you know, language that... Uh, 
feel something for them, gives them some empathy. So let's call them minor attracted persons. And then you see this bolded age doesn't matter. And it's like, I see where you guys are going next with this. And this week, Sarah, with most of the general sessions going on around the country, Texas is in session, many states, mm -hmm. most are in session. I was just with the attorney generals, most of them in Utah. There are numerous states that have bills that are going into committee right now, this week, in their states to lower the age of consent to sex. Are we talking about 16? Some states propose 14. Oh, my gosh. Statutory rape is, you know, 17. Anti-sex trafficking laws are 17 and under. So this is wake-up time. This is how they do it, though. They, mm -hmm. they get the child to go, oh, it's normal. I can give consent. Mm -hmm. I can sign the consent slip. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they are breeding a new culture that will eventually, if not this week, vote in. Yeah, let's lower the age of consent to, oh, why don't we just, like the Qataris, marry our eight-year-old daughters right. off to some 60-year-old right. you know, creep? Age doesn't matter. Yeah, age doesn't matter. You can pick your own gender. I just told you. You can pick your own gender. You can pick what you identify as. Why wouldn't you be able to also right. consent to right. sex? The sympathy for child molesters is, I, I don't understand where they're going with this. I, I don't, th there was that Broadway show that was sympathizing with uh, yes. pedophiles mm -hmm. and sex offenders. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was reading off the list, uh, the list of, it was in New York, the people that they let go. And, or was it in California? I can't remember. Um, but they were horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. I mean, I'm not even going to say on, on, on camera, but they were bad. The, the worst that you can think of. And they're telling us to have sympathy for these men and women. They're, 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 they're putting it in the, in the arts. Mm -hmm. right? They're playing it, it into your sympathy, and they're going to play it into your Christian ease of, I thought you should love everybody. Mm -hmm. I thought Jesus loved mm -hmm. everybody. You know, love the sinner, hate the sin, buddy. That's a sin. Sexual immorality is a sin. We can't come in agreement with that, but they must bring you into compliance for sympathy for the person so that they ultimately can get you to vote and say, well, now this person has a right to have sex with a child. No, they never do. They never and Sarah does this on our documentary, Selfish Plug. Incredible job this woman does on our documentary. I watched it this morning, and she makes that statement. We're never going to say it's okay to say minor attracted persons because they want you to have sympathy for them, right? Because they don't want you to villainize that. Oh, pedophilia. Come it's on, that's hard. It's not yeah. their fault. It's not uh, their fault they're attracted to your children. Yeah, lo love, love the person uh, always, H hate the sin and give them the lethal injection every single time. Mm -hmm. that, that's the only thing they deserve. They do not deserve sympathy. They deserve an electric lethal injection or a shot in the head after being convicted. <laughs> after a fair trial, of course. <laughs> um, all right, let's go ahead and uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more. And we're going to break with a shot in the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, on the topic of uh, sexualizing children, big win here in Texas. Uh, as most of you know, my organization, Defend Our Kids Texas, is working really hard to try to shut down these all-ages drag shows and the sexualization of children. It's, it's just that they're attacking kids from all angles. So trying to shut down the pornographic literature in schools. Uh, obviously, the drag shows are a big problem, especially here in Texas, where they're just basically uh, daring us to do something about it because they know we're here in Texas where you wouldn't expect it to be. There was a recently going to be a all-ages drag show in Corinth, which is a very small town uh, near Denton, and there was some public pressure that may have been placed on them. Uh, and you guys were successful. They have changed the show to 18 and up. All of the shows will now be 18 and up rather than offering an all ages show. So those of you who helped call 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please remember, I just, this is just such a good reminder to people, public pushback works. Yes. It works when you take the time to call or leave a negative, you know, leave negative feedback on their social media or whatever, that matters. It works. You know what else I heard? That um, the owner of the restaurant that held the drag show in a, I'll just say another area that we went to and exposed, not doing so well. The restaurant is not doing so well after their decision to do that, which right. again, public pushback, public pushback works. So keep doing it. And thank you guys, those of you who helped saw my call on social media to act. Uh, we did it. So big win. Um, all right. I want to get into this next story. So a man at the, this is wild to me. This is a man at the Mall of America in Minnesota. He was recently ordered to remove a Jesus Saves t-shirt after security guards apparently told him that shoppers were offended with it. Watch. It's a little hard to hear, but watch. I understand that, right. but Jesus is associated with religion and it's offending people. No, it's not. It's associated with religion and it's offending It's about eternal life. Okay, but it's the same thing, okay? People have been offended, and like I said, all we were asking you is to take your shirt off, you can go to Macy's, or we can leave. I didn't say anything, though. I didn't speak. I didn't, I didn't speak. I didn't, I didn't say anything. I just went to Macy's. He said, again, sir, it is religious soliciting. There's no soliciting allowed on mall property, which is private property. He's like, I, I didn't speak. I wasn't speaking to anyone. Well, he was still issued a 24-hour trespass for soliciting guests. Sarah, that name, and let me tell you, and I don't care what the viewers say, that name is above every name, and it has power, and the demons flee. It will put a stench in the nostrils of Satan himself. You speak that name because I promise you when the day comes and you're in serious trouble, you're going to cry that name. Mm -hmm. You're going to want that kind of power to come. So I'm just letting you know right now, you put that shirt on beyond your constitutional rights and all that stuff. And you can wear what you want to wear and, and all that. You just watch. We're going into an age in this country where you better know that name. And actually, you better know the person who carries that name. Mm -hmm. They're towards the constitutional rights angle. Uh, people better start knowing their constitutional rights and be willing to enforce them to the furthest extent. Because people, these people are expecting you to take it. Yeah. They're expecting them to be able to push you around and for you not to say a word because they're used to us not saying a word. Yeah. They're used to us not enforcing public pressure. Mm -hmm. we, we're the ones that don't play that game. Mm -hmm. Start playing that game. There should be people applying public pressure to that mall right now camped out at every single entrance and exit. They should be right there right Agreed. now, staying all day, every day, until we get some kind of resolution on this. And that guy needs to be getting a lawyer, he needs to be lawyering, lawyering up and taking them to the cleaners. Do it. Until that happens, this is going to get worse. Agreed. That's what's so frustrating about all of these stories is we're just in this conundrum, because I completely agree with you that we are in this position in culture, not necessarily up. Us as conservatives or, you know, Christians or whatever, yes. But also just in culture, we've seen the decay of culture happen so rapidly, I think, because the libertarians in us are like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to bother anyone. You live your life the way you want to. I'll live my life the way I want to. But the problem with that is that you can't do that when the opposing side doesn't also feel that way, right? Like they don't want to leave you alone. No. They want to infiltrate culture. They want to change things. So you, you can't have those two coexist and expect them not to be able to take culture and run with it and do whatever they want with it because 
you, it's like you're, you're both playing by different sets of rules. What do you think is going to happen? To your point, the only thing needed for evil to exist is for good men to do nothing. Yeah. And so this whole libertarian, quesara, what will be, will be, nonsense needs to stop in America. I'm with Jason. This is a moment to take that second minute, strap up and say, listen, we're going to show up. Mm-hmm. We're going to demand it. Because at the end of the day, Sarah, the tail's wagging the dog in our country. It's time for the dog to wag the tail again. There's more of us than of them. There's more of us that think, no, listen, we don't like the trans movement. You little fraction over there, we're going we're gonna to relegate you to obscurity. You know, go, you get hang out with, with the rats hang out. Those of you who want to abuse children, you're going to hide. We're not going to elevate you. You're going to run for the hills because we're going to show up in numbers. But Jason, we don't. The Republicans talk big game. Huge game. And then we don't show up and little 15 Antifa members show up and throws a whole city in a frenzy. Mm -hmm. Why don't we show up at hundreds of thousands and say, oh, Maul, you're about to lose your shirt, buddy. That's that's why you need to be doing what Sarah is doing with her organization. Because if if we show them that we're not willing to defend our children, Mm -hmm. if we let them indoctrinate, program and expose them to stuff like this and make it that dangerous to where they're open to pedophiles... Uh, you're not going to stand for anything. Right. Correct. Nothing. They'll do whatever they want to you, and they know that. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, you know, it's been very frustrating in this this journey, this battle that that we're fighting, that there's a lot of lawmakers, uh, public officials, uh, you know, maybe notable people, on Twitter with blue check marks who, you know, they want to they want to blast out a viral tweet about it, but they don't do I don't see that yes. at the events that I'm going to. Now that's right? empty activism, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I I'm don't like, care about your likes. Show up, get yeah, your hands dirty. You, right. Like you oh get you, your hands oh, you dirty. tweeted something. That's yeah. nice. I'm no. busy too. Yes. I have children too. No. I have a family too. I have a billion jobs also and I'm still actually showing up and putting my money where my mouth is. Where are you guys? I see you on Twitter uh, trying to create some viral tweet. I don't see you actually showing up to do the right. heavy lifting. Where the hell are you? Yep, no, that's Give me empty, a call. empty activism. Get your hands dirty. Get uncomfortable. Real activism. When you fight for you, you put your, there's risk involved. Mm-hmm. There's serious risk involved. You know, when we go after rescuing a child in Juarez and, and the cartels shooting at us, I mean, come on, man. When you show up, you're at risk. They could mob, mob swat you. They could go after you. No, it's time for us to physically get uncomfortable, get off the couch, make it, it should cost you something. If you really care, then it hurts. Even if it's just time, time or energy. Yeah, time, discomfort, yeah. you gotta travel a little bit, maybe, maybe monetary, something. Right, right, right. Show up. And I, I know we gotta go to break, but uh, to your point, it may cost you a little bit of time with your children. Guess what? You are trying to create a better future for them moving forward so that they can be safe. Well worth the investment, I will tell you. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back. It's always like people are always like, oh, I have kids. I'm like, I do too. That's why I'm fighting so hard for this. <laughs> All the time. San Francisco Reparations Committee proposed a plan to city officials uh, that would pay longtime black residents of Northern California, of, of the Northern California metropolitan city, San Francisco, $5 million each while granting Gosh. total debt forgiveness for facing decades of systematic repression. I just want to know, I know we've got like a minute here, I just want to know, are they going to dig back in all of their ancestors to see if their ancestors owned slaves also? 
Because they did. People understand. It's actually black people who sold black people from mm -hmm. Africa. It wasn't white people. And then when I get my reparations check as an African American, I'm, African -American. I'm going to give you some. Great. I, I don't, thank I don't, you. I don't, I don't yeah. think these reparations even include uh, if they had slave ownership. I think it was just from like 1940s to like 1996. So they're talking about like the Jim Crow era. Recently. On up to like 1990. Yeah, recently. So like, and, and there was a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. Prove that they were born in that city. From 1940 to 1996. You just had to be born and you get a check for $5 million. That's pretty sweet. Be because man. when you think about, like, I don't know, Jim Crow, you totally think about San Francisco, right? <laughs> you totally think San Francisco. <laughs> I, I'm, come on, man. Wow. Yeah. Pays to be black in San Francisco, I guess. Sign me up. Yeah, okay, but Yaku, you guys heard it. He's going to give me some of his money when he gets it as an African-American. I'll let you know. I'll wave the check right here. <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.